Have you ever wondered how a people who've been raised with freedom managed to lose those freedoms? See, if corrupt politicians were just to come along and suddenly take those freedoms, I think we'd all throw a party with pitchforks and torches. No, how a people lose their freedom is by willfully giving them up. Tyrants have long had the sick fascination with wanting those they subjugate to beg them for the tyranny those tyrants offer. Today on the podcast, I have on Chelsea Hope. Chelsea is a woman who has watched and spoken out against government's never-ending march towards complete control. She has recently been paying real close attention to what happens more locally here within the state of Utah. What you will find in listening to me and Chelsea's conversation is that Utah in particular is in the crosshairs of the global elites. The reason for this is because of Utah's strategic location as well as its spiritual significance. If these global elites can do this in Utah, then they can do it anywhere. So pay very close attention even if you don't live in Utah because the political mechanisms are the same state to state. The mechanism those elites are using is to buy and use local politicians to do their bidding. I'm sure you, the listener, will come to the same conclusion I did about Chelsea, that she is super well-informed and wicked smart. We cover on this episode what bills are being passed right now in Utah that threaten your freedoms the most, who is behind those bills, and finally what you can do to help put the brakes on this political abomination heading our way. That's next on this episode of the Mormon Renegade Podcast. Because of your generosity last year, I was able to buy better audio equipment and software. I can't tell you how much it meant to me that not only did you spend your time here with me on the podcast, but also that you found enough value in what I'm doing that you donated the podcast to upgrade it. This year, I want to continue to grow. Now, I want to add video to the podcast to continue to help you, my guests, and myself connect better through the show. The other feature I'm working on for this podcast is something I have to remain vague about for now. But what I can say is that it's something that will help us better connect as fundamentalists and traditional LDS folks. Now, to get that equipment for the video content I want to do and to build the infrastructure for the other project with this podcast, donations would certainly be welcome. Or you can go to mormonrenegade.com, click that supply store button, and get some new swag. New stuff will be out soon as well. Now, if you can't afford to do either of those two things, I totally get it. Maybe just keep the podcast in your prayers that we'll be blessed with those resources. Again, thank you for everything you do as well as for listening to the podcast. One more quick announcement here. I have videos up at YouTube. This year I plan on doing a whole lot more with video. Now, I haven't gotten a strike yet with YouTube, but to be honest with you, I feel like I'm kind of overdue. So in an effort to be one step ahead of YouTube, I'm going to start posting on Rumble as well. So for those of you, my listeners, who prefer video, I'd ask that you head on over to Rumble and look up the Mormon Renegade podcast channel and crush that like and subscribe button. And keep your eyes peeled for new video content. Thanks. Well, Chelsea, how you doing? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Good. So you've been up at the Capitol all week, haven't you? I have been, yes. It's been so much fun. <laughs> I bet you it has. I want to cover some of that here in a minute, but my first question is, is so I I've seen you on other podcasts and I've just been super impressed. You have, you know, your stuff backwards and forwards, right? And that comes across very clearly because it, it's not scripted. It's not rehearsed and you just know it just like that off the top of your head. 
that's also usually a sign of, of being passionate about something. Mm-hmm. So what, how long have you been doing this and what got you into it? Oh man, I think a lot of us woke up. I mean, really I did back on 9-11. Um, right. There was a lot that came out in 2020 with, you know, COVID and all that. Um, so we've known that there's stuff on a federal level, lots of corruption and deep state stuff going on there. And really it wasn't until last year, about a year ago, um, when I don't know if you saw the video with Mike Brown that went viral, but he got arrested at our, our state capitol when they were speaking out against, I believe he was speaking out against the vaccine passports they were trying to pass mm-hmm. here. They're also trying to pass a digital ID here. I don't know if many people know about that. Um, we got it blocked, but they brought it back this year. So we're going to continue to fight it. But he was speaking up against it. And Dan McKay, one of our legislators, didn't really want to hear what he had to, to say. And so um, he had Mike thrown out. Uh, Highway Patrol arrested him. And he was arrested and dragged out to the, the uh, basement of the Capitol. They would not let him see his attorneys. He had a panic attack. Um, and that the video of that went viral. And when when they were asking the officers why he was being arrested, they didn't really have a good answer. They said it was because he was wearing a We the People shirt. And when I saw that video go viral, I, I I'm like, there's no way that this level of corruption is happening in Utah, right? Not not in our state. And so I decided to start showing up to the Capitol, and it became very clear very quickly that there are some not good things going on in Utah. So probably since about February, I've really been digging in and studying Utah strategic plans and bills and kind of how that correlates with um, the rest of everything we've kind of been talking about and how they usher that in. So did you, I'm guessing you've studied this stuff for a while though, right? With as, as quick as you know it. Yeah, uh, the World Economic Forum and their agenda in the United Nations. Yeah, that I've been looking at that a lot longer. Really, just specifically to Utah, it was about a year ago, last February, when I started digging into what they were doing and noticing that they're just basically copying verbatim what their white World Economic Forum white papers are into Utah. Gotcha. But yeah, they, they I've been studying them for quite a while. Okay, well, that's impressive that you've got that much handled since just last February. That's nuts. That's nuts. I remember when I kind of had my wake up call. I and and I've told the story before, so I'll 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 make it brief. But I went to Philadelphia for all things a football game. I'm a huge Packers fan, and Uh me and I had a buddy who's an Eagles fan, and we're like, you know, they played this great playoff game, and I'm like, let's see if they play next year. And sure enough, they played on a Monday night in Philly, and I'm like, let's just go, let's just go see. And so we went. And I remember I went to Independence Hall and well, I'd always, always been into history, but not so much American history. But I remember I walked into Independence Hall and it was the same feeling I got whenever I visited a holy site, right? Temple Square, Martin's Cove, anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, something big happened here. And so that got me studying the founding. And I mean, when I say studying, I mean, I dove head first in, I mean, like reading Madison's notes kind of studying and uh, realized we were way off course and then saw the power grab post 9-11. And like, I tell my kids, like there was a time when you could be at the airport an hour before your flight and you probably had time to spare, right? You didn't have to get padded down. You didn't have to do all those things. And so I've slowly seen this happening and in the last 
I want to say probably six to seven years, I think we've seen an acceleration. Yeah. And, and the speed at which it's happening now is just breathtaking. It is. It, it, they're accelerating very quickly. Um, in fact, there's a lot of aspects to Agenda 2030 that, that now they've moved up in their, their documents and paperwork to 2025. Um, honestly, I think part of that is they were not expecting the That's people. two years. To, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, they're accelerating. And, you know, we saw things like that with the Patriot Act, right, where it was for our protection. It's always for our convenience or protection packaged in this nice little bow. And but then we saw how that really took our rights away. And I mean, we're seeing that with the bills here in Utah as well. Um, and they are, they're trying to shove these through faster and faster here as well. Right. right. Where did you get your love of the constitution? Right. Cause it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to feel it. Um, I think, you know, once you, experience that and for each of us it's different you know stages in our lives different times but when you start to really wake up to what's going around you and you start to experience and feel it and and live it and start to see these rights eroding away from you rights that you've always had that now all of a sudden are being threatened or that aren't there it it hits you really hard that these founding documents were inspired by god they were divine documents and and they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were talking about and they were put there for a reason. And watching that being eroded away and hanging by a thread is it's, it's terrifying for me, the future that we'll leave to our kids and grandkids if we don't step up and fight right now for that. Yeah. I, I got married when I was young. I got married when I was 18. So even though I'm only 45, I got three grandkids. Mm -hmm. And I remember when, when I kind of woke up to what was going on, I thought, I don't want to have the conversation with my kids about, you know, this is how it used to be. And then, then them have to ask me, well, what did you do? Right. Why did you let that happen? And so for me, that was, that was the catalyst, right. Is what am I leaving to my kids and grandkids? And uh, cause lately I, I've been feeling more and more, that we're, we're the gatekeepers to those rights for our kids, right? They're not our rights. They're God's rights that have been given right. to man, but we're the ones that are supposed to safeguard it for the next generation. And right. if we fall asleep on that, on that watch, I firmly believe God's going to ask the question, what, what did you do with it? Because the argument and the real battle hasn't changed since the very beginning, right? I mean, for for you know my audience is predominantly mormon you know we we have this this theology that teaches that there were two plans presented right one was a plan that said you know what not all of you are going to make it to that highest point but some of you are and it's really kind of up to you right i'm going to provide a savior that that's going to help you get there but you have to get there the other was i'll make sure they all get back Right. right. But there's not going to be any freedom. And it's the same argument we're having now. The argument yep. hasn't changed. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's that free agency. And it's funny because you, you saw that a lot when the um, vaccines rolled out and it was, well, you know, isn't the prophet said to do it? Is, is, isn't the prophet, isn't his word good enough for you? And my response has been, well, you know, don't you know better than prophet? And my response is, well, do you know better than God? Because God himself said this is about free agency. 
um, it was the devil's plan to force people to do things. And I think that we've slowly started to lose sight of that concept. I think that things are scary right now and overwhelming. Um, I mean, we see, especially on a federal and global level, but as we also start to see see things kind of come into our state, um, it's really easy to want to turn to the prophet and mimic everything that he does, but we forget that these are also imperfect men. Um, And it's scary to me that people have lost that sense of self-revelation and turning to scripture and prayer and having that relationship with God to really tune in um, to those principles that he's taught us. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, to make the statement, it's safe and effective. That's not at least one of those statements isn't correct. Right. We know it wasn't effective. We know that it was leaky. We know that it didn't prevent transmission and that it didn't really do the job of a vaccine. I mean, the best case you can make is I think it was a therapeutic, maybe. Right. Maybe. Right. If if you're going to take them at their word, that's what you got to come up with is it was a therapeutic. So you hit on something that I think super important that I think a lot of people don't do, which is focus locally. And yeah. that's the other thing that really, really, want, you know, what was a main driver of why I wanted to talk to you because so, so often we look at the problem and we look towards Washington mm-hmm. and uh, about a year ago, I got to a point where I was like, there's no answers here. It, it, we, Washington is lost. It's it's gone. We now have to fall back and hold the line in our individual states at our local level, because that's the only place where we're going to have peaceful resistance from is from the state and local level. What, what was it that got you into, to state and local politics? And I can't even say these are politics, right? I I feel like politics isn't even a good word now. No. Preserving freedom on the local level. How's that? Yeah, (laughs) we are, uh, we're quickly approaching communism here. Um, Yeah, so after I saw, you know, Mike Brown, his video go viral, I decided to show up and start getting involved. And um, I started paying attention and just listening to the presentations um, that were being made. And, you know, we really do. It's not just on a federal level. We have NGOs, you know, nonprofits and lobbyists who are writing these bills for our legislators here. And um, they're passing bills written by these, you know, lobbyists who are connected to United Nations and World Economic Forum corporations. And these, you know, Rockefeller, all these Soros, they come from these corporations. And part of what their agenda is, is to lobby to state and even down to local cities and counties. Um, And you'll see, for instance, in Vision Utah, um, they've been around for a while. One of the founders was Mike Levitt, who was funded by George Soros and the Open Society Foundation. And uh, Cox has partnered with that on everything, health, education, our infrastructure, our energy, any, everything. And they go down through to the uh, local cities even. I mean, they've been to Orem. I've watched them at Utah County. And they're presenting to implement all of this infrastructure and, and you know, the the transgender and the critical race theory and all the stuff that we're seeing in our schools. It's these kinds of NGOs and groups that are coming in and presenting to our cities and counties and and to our state. And the people haven't, I'm I'm noticing that the people aren't there to have our voice to not consent. So they're, they're just 
they're doing it. Um, but it was really when I started listening to these groups present and hearing the awful things that they had to say, and then going home and researching who they were and who they were connected to and realizing very quickly that we have a huge spider web here of um, elitists and issues in our state. So that inspired me to start reading bills, which is not the funnest thing in the world, but um, I wanted to see what kind of bills they passed last year and what they were starting to do this year. And I just started reading through those. And as I read those, I it just reaffirmed to me that we're not in a very good situation right now. So that that's just inspired me to keep going and, and try to fight this hard because if, if we don't stand up now, this is the future of our kids. It'll be lost forever. So do you work with an organization or a group or is it just you? It, um, I just represent myself. I do work alongside other coalitions. Uh, Utah Freedom Coalition is amazing. Defending Utah is awesome. Um, we are the people, I think you've seen me on with Jason a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been really, really awesome. I know in the past that there's been some, uh, some egos and contention involved with, with other groups. And so to see these groups really come together and it not be about any one person, but to really be about our state and your kids and your grandkids that these people are fighting for. Um, it's been beautiful to watch them come together. So I do work alongside them and we do a lot of research and collaboration together now. That's awesome. So you've been up at the Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are some of the bills that have you the most concerned? Uh, the ones that have passed or the ones that they're going to pass or both? <laughs> Any and all of them. Okay. Uh, there is a Government Immunity Act that they passed in May of 2021, which basically gives the um, government, any government official or state um, employee that works for the state for a government entity, um, unwavering immunity. And in the bill, um, I wonder if I have that bill next to me, there's a, there's a lot of very specific things that it quotes in there that they have immunity to, including violation of civil rights, uh, malicious prosecution, um, mental anguish, uh, battery, assault, but all of the, I mean, the list goes on and on of things that they have unwavering immunity to. And I actually just listened to a bill being presented on the floor two days ago and I gave public comment and they're just kind of railroading over us right now. They're not really wanting to listen to the people much these days. It's, it's pretty obvious, but um, they actually, one of the legislators on the panel brought up specifically in this bill this states the um, that it references the Government Immunity Act. Would they have immunity? And he says yes. And he says, and you'd also have immunity to negligence as well. Is that correct? These groups and the the person presenting says yes. And they all proceeded to vote unanimous unanimously in favor for it and send it to the Senate anyway. Um, there are bills in place right now that uh, are. Department of Agriculture in our state can come inspect and regulate your farms, your gardens, your greenhouses, your apiaries, the bees, um, any of our, basically our livestock or animals for, if they suspect uh, that there is contagions between livestock, plants, noxious weeds, um, insects, or even bees now. Um, and you guys, this with the World Economic Forum, we're seeing that, that they want us dependent on the government for agriculture. And you've got Bill Gates coming in and buying up all this farmland, and they want us dependent on them for food. Um, and one of the things they've done is, and we're seeing it in Utah, they've brought in community gardens um, where they get the community to come help plant 
gardens and we're supposed to share these, these spaces. But the last step, the World Economic Forum talks about the last step to these gardens being the contracts. And the contracts are basically going to state, look, you're going to obey the rules of the garden and you're going to behave or you're going to get kicked out of the garden and lose your key. And they're going to do that through implementing ESG. And we can talk about that in a minute if you want. But um, basically, you're not socially behaving. You're not calling people by their pronouns or you're not you don't work for a company that's environmentally friendly or you talk to someone because they're conservative your score goes down your esg score goes down and and they'll start kicking you out of the gardens and and not allowing you to travel and all sorts of other things but um they want us dependent on them for food and they are they are slowly but surely taking out our farmers we've seen the dutch farmers their government come for them we've seen with the gas and the fertilizer and all all sorts of other things are shutting our farmers down. We're starting to see stuff with water here now as well. Um, but they're shutting our farmers down. And I'm telling you right now, this being able to inspect for nox, you know, for diseases and communicable diseases, it isn't about safe meat it, and safe plant size. It's about control. Um, yeah. So that that's one of the ones that really has me concerned. There's lots of stuff going on with the water. If you want to get into the water, we can do that too. But I know there's a lot. Of- yeah, I want I want to get into that, but first I want to back up for a second. Yeah. So this immunity act. So basically, if a state worker was to assault you while mm-hmm. discharging his duties, he is he can't be prosecuted for that. Is that correct? Correct. Um, I actually spoke with Rick Cantrell, the chief of staff of our attorney general's office, Sean Reyes, who there's a lot of stuff going on with Sean too, guys. Um, But I went to him and I asked him, I said, I need you to give a presentation with me to legislation. This is unconstitutional. I need you to do your duty as the attorney general's office and help me get this struck from code. This is not okay. The people don't have immunity. The government should not have immunity. And he looked me in the eye and he told me that he won't do that because his job is not to represent the people, but to represent those we've elected, to represent the state, public officials. And so if we were to, so, and I even said, I'm like, okay, so hypothetically, a government official assaults me or he, or a judge maliciously prosecutes me and I want to hold them responsible and I come to you for help you're going to represent them. And he said, that's correct. Um, there, the girl, a friend of mine who went to him, we, we went in together and she was telling him, you know, we've, I've talked to Burgess Owens. There is, there's a big problem with DFS, child protective services, our kids being taken by them, kidnapped from the state. I think people are starting to see that more and more. Her daughter was taken from her and she has evidence that the judge and the attorney colluded. She has evidence that the guy that they gave her to is a pimp and that she, her pediatrician gave her documentation showing she's, she's showing signs of sexual abuse under this guy. Uh. She can't get her daughter back. And she's gone through all the courts and judges here in the state. She's written every congressman. And she went to him. We were in his office together and said, who holds the judges accountable? And they've all, all gone corrupt. What can you do? Who will help? And he basically told her, I'm sorry that I'm so sorry that's happening to you, but I won't help. We, we won't help you. Our job is to represent them. So and he told me that he does not want this government government immunity struck from the record um, because he needs it in place to help them win their cases. That's from the attorney general's office. 
I want to share a quick story. I yeah. adopted a set of twins. Now this is in Idaho, but Idaho and Utah are pretty much the same. I pretty mean, they're, they're pretty much <laughs> the same, but we, we moved back from Maryland to adopt a set of twins from my sister. She yeah. left him in the hospital when, when, right after she gave birth, she was all methed out. The twins were in horrible shape. I got a call from the Idaho department of health and welfare child services. And uh, I grew up pretty rough and I was pretty nervous about that phone call. I'm like, Ooh, that's a lot of back child support. But uh, <laughs> that was my first thought. But uh, they told me about these twins, right? My sister had had these twins and she just left them in the hospital. They didn't want to split them up, but there was nobody else in my family who could take them. So we moved back to Idaho and we got them. And, uh, I had to become a foster. Me and my wife had to become foster parents first and jump through all those hoops. Right. And after about a year that, you know, they really perked up, they were doing well, they were getting healthy, they were getting stronger, but it was a pain in the butt because we couldn't leave the County. We right. were stuck in Ada County and they wouldn't let us take them out of the County. We, so we didn't feel comfortable, you know, they're like, but if you want to drop them off at some, another foster family, they can. I'm like, yeah, you can go pound sand. We'll just wait it out. So after about a year, I'm like, let's get this moved to permanent placement so we can get a date so we can start living our lives. And uh, just, I got to, you know, they just kept delaying and delaying. And finally I said, what's the holdup? And the sec, the, the lady who, who was there that was in charge of paperwork or whatever, she was like, well, I've just been busy and haven't had time to do it. And I was like, tell you what, I'll pay my secretary an exorbitant amount of money to drive all the way down there to move that file for you. And she goes, you know what? I better let you talk to my supervisor. And so I get the supervisor on the phone, who's our case manager. And she goes, here's the thing, you've done a great job in getting them healthy, but you already have four kids and we're not sure that your house would maybe the best place for it. So we're going to have a couple other home studies done. And um, I said some things that maybe aren't necessarily kosher for this program, but um, <laughs> yeah. and then, then I hung up the phone and immediately started making phone calls to find the nastiest, meanest, family practice attorney I could find mm -hmm. and uh I found him and he cost a lot of money I mean it was it was it was money well spent I'll say that but it was it was a lot of money but I was in there when he made the phone call and he he basically said you know look if you don't move this case I'm gonna take it in front of the cameras and we'll see what the citizenry has to say Good. And Chelsea, in two hours, that had not only gotten moved to permanent placement, but permanent placement outside of a Idaho um, health and welfare. It went to a private agency, and we were done within about four weeks. But as I talked to him, he said, the state gets federal dollars for every kid they have in the system. Yeah, they do. So it behooves them to have kids in the system. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing to 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 this lady that you just described is horrific. Yeah. And it, it pisses me off to my core. Um if she wants to come on, I'll let her tell her story on here.
Absolutely. And yeah. I have a very active audience. So yeah, give her yeah, my number. I would love to get her story out there. It needs to be heard. And she's got other women who have had the same issues with the same judge, Judge Lund here in Utah. Judge Lund? Judge Lund. So let's blow that name up. <laughs> I like it. I like it. If anybody's got spare time out there, just write a letter. Yeah. Why just not? Write a letter. Be, be, don't, don't threaten violence. Nothing like that. Right. But just let him know. Yeah. We so, know. Let him know we know. That And see, it goes back to what you were just talking about in that bill. They've been empowered and no Mm -hmm. one has stood up, right? No one has said enough. Well, I take that back. People have stood up, but not enough. Exactly. Yeah. We need your help. Yeah. And, and we, if, if we're going to be those gatekeepers for our kids's um, freedoms and their rights, we have to get a little more a lot more active than what we have been so that's that's crazy that that there's a bill now that allows a, a state agent of any stripe to yeah. get away with just about anything with no uh, repercussions yeah i think it's disgusting that the majority of our legislators voted to pass that through and i think it's even more disgusting that our attorney general thinks that it's okay um it's becoming more and more clear that these these guys are not for the people. They're not representing us anymore. And we do. We we can win. We can stand up. When 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 we have a few thousand people show up, they do stand down. They get scared. But we're seeing that with a few bills here and there. And there are so many more being pushed through the back door and people don't realize how dangerous those bills are. And we just, we need people to be, we need it to be a habit again, like you said, to start guarding the gate again. We cannot leave our post. We can't go in and think, oh, we fought this bill, so everything's fine. They will bring it back the next year. They're doing it right now. Um, We need to, to stand post at the gate and we need to make it a habit to, you know, the Constitution talks about our fourth branch of government of we the people. We have the right to assemble and we have a right to a grand jury. And Williams versus the United States Supreme Court ruling upholds the grand jury of the people. And it even states that the other branches of government, including the judicial, are not allowed to interfere with investigations that we are doing. So we have the means. Our founding father gave, they saw this coming and they gave us the means to hold them accountable and to abolish a tyrannical government if we need to, which we do not need to have an election to do. Um, because I mean, let's just admit it, they've become fraudulent. Um, and they they are fraudulent here. Um, but we can do that, but we need enough people standing up. We need we need people to join that army. Absolutely. When you say they're put, put, uh, passing these bills through the back door, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? Explain explain what that is. I just mean there that you know we've got People aren't paying attention. And it, you asked me the other day what I thought the most, um, forget how you phrased the question, but it was, what is the worst problem that we have politically in Utah right now? And I sincerely believe that it's that the people aren't paying attention. Um, I think they think that we're a very righteous state. And because we're a religious state, God would never let anything happen here, that um, we're a conservative state. And so nothing bad could ever happen here. We're Zion. Um, but, you know, we see this through third Nephi and through Alma and through, throughout the Bible revelations warns us about these days that the Gadiatin robbers and government, um, and that is happening here 
Uh, and nobody's paying attention because they think all is well in Zion. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's not the case. Um, Ezra Taft Benson gave a lot of amazing talks about these days and about how one day we would have to fight for our liberty, liberty and our freedom. And he said himself that you cannot um, not fight for the Constitution and fight for God's side. You can't not do both. Um, I think that people just aren't paying attention. And, and because of that, they're just prancing right in and, and passing these bills because nobody's there to, to stop them. Wow. So, yeah, that's wow. what I mean. You mentioned ESG before, and it's something I've looked into, but you do such a great job. Explain what ESG is. It's environmental, social, and governance, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's the governance aspect to that. And with the World Economic Forum United, uh, and United Nations, we know they want a one world government. Before it was the conspiracy theory, but they're openly talking about it now. Right. I mean, they're very openly admitting it now. Um, but so there's the one world governance aspect to that and them gov governing, like I said, your your score, your social credit score. In Utah, they've introduced it as a something called a trust score, but it's the same thing. Um, and then the environmental and social fall under that. So they govern what you're doing and how you're behaving. And according to that, your score goes up or down. And we see this in China as a perfect example. It's the communist um, credit score, where if they're not behaving and they're doing things they're not supposed to, they cut them off to food, they cut them off to water. Uh, we, we saw where, because any of those who missed their last PCR test for COVID, they got locked out of their apartments and couldn't digitally scan in. Um, they can't travel. So they're trying to implement that here. And the environment part of it is this whole carbon emissions reduction. Um, all the things that they're trying to push through with that um, and if we're being environmentally friendly or not, um, we'll have carbon, a carbon credit score and carbon footprints. Um, if you have so many carbon credits, you'll be allowed to travel. This is what they're they're working on implementing now. Um, and that is in our state plans as well. I'm happy to share that document if you're able to. Yeah. To help yeah. That for other people to see, read yeah. themselves. Pass it along. That in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pass it along. I'll put it in the, sh in, in, in the episode page notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you need to be environmentally friendly. So if you don't get rid of your gas car because of those carbon emissions, um, if during the lockdowns when they're telling you to get in your house because of the air that we're breathing and not to be outside mingling, but inside to reduce carbon emissions, um, if you're not switching over to all electric, you know, electric vehicles and, and uh, electric forms of energy and, and all anything to help the environment, your score will go down. Um, supporting our our farms and agriculture you know rural livestock at some point because of you know cow's gas is supposedly um contributing and switch over to bug bars which is what they want um if you're not counting your calories correctly at some point they're gonna force you and shut you off to that um but if you're eating red meat or dairy um you're not following the rules and then the social aspect of it is like i mentioned before you know admitting your unconscious bias and your white supremacy uh, calling others uh, by their pronouns and, and and recognizing that this whole transgender world that we're moving to is is the correct one. And if you're not socially and politically correct, um, your score goes down. And as your score goes down, you lose privileges, um, just like we see in China. Marlo does a great job. I'm not well-versed enough in that as Marlo is, but he talks a lot about the big banks and businesses and how they're coming for businesses with that right now, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tune in and, and listen to Marlo Oaks, our state treasurer, at some point if you guys have time. 
Marla Marlo Oaks. He talks about that. With is that what you Marlo said? Oaks, our state, yeah, our state treasurer, Marlo Oaks, and he's actually also the nephew of Dallin H. Oaks. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and he's been warning every. He was actually on with Tucker uh, Carlson, but uh, he's he's trying to warn everybody about ESG right now. So he's holding events in the state. Um, so you can you know look out for Marlo Oaks and and any events that he's speaking at, and please go to those, especially if you're a business owner. Because they are coming for you to shut you down with ESG. What? Why do you think they've accelerated so quickly? I think they they realize people have caught on. Um, I think that they thought they didn't think that there was going to be so much pushback and non-compliance. Um, I think that they overestimated themselves and underestimated their ignorance and um, underestimated us. Uh, and we, people are, people are starting to catch on and connect the dots and expose things for what they are before they have a chance to implement them. We are seeing that happen as well. And I think they're scared. And I think that they're rushing to get things in place before we can shut them down. And right now I think it's a race between us and them. I think you're right. I, I've had a theory for, for about the last two years. I think one, I know that this has been about a hundred year plan. Right. This started about in the early 1900s, this big progressive push to push us past the Constitution into some sort of quasi technocratic kind of government. Right. Mm -hmm. Where where the administrators govern from on high and they don't listen to anybody else. And they've been slowly making those steps for about 100 years. And I'm not saying he was the savior of the republic by any stretch of the imagination. He had his problems too. But I think when Trump got elected, I think it scared the left, yeah, the hardcore left to death. Yep. Because with him getting elected, it showed that, oh, crap, this this 100-year path we've been on, this can be undone if people catch on. And I think they made sure he didn't get reelected. And this is when they hit the accelerator because they're like, we can't risk this again. And so they're, they're looking at finishing the job. I think within the next two years, I think, I think that within two years, unless we get a massive amount of support, um, you're, you won't recognize where you live anymore. It'll be something completely different. And so I, I think the masks have come off now. Like you said, I remember when I, when I was reading about agenda 21 back in like 2012. Right. And I was like, Holy crap. And, and it, it, (laughs) and then they had to to push it to 2030 because they thought, okay, Mm -hmm. we just don't have enough of the infrastructure in place. And now after talking to you, it's 2025, they brought it back down. So the masks are off I don't think we're playing nice any longer. I think, I think they're, they're, they're dead set on this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of it will, will is still a bit impossible to get to by 2025. There will be aspects of it that are 2030 and they have a 2050 agenda as well, but to get, you know, AI extremely advanced, but as far as implementing the majority of their control mechanisms to where it's going to be almost impossible to break out of they, a lot of that will be, they want enforced by 2025. Yeah. And, and, you know, the interesting thing is, is they are brazen and just blatant about it right now. Right. They are out and they're admitting it. They're, they're talking openly and bragging about it. Um, 
And I think that they think that they can do that because not enough people are standing up. I think if we all start getting involved and we stood up, I mean, it is a race between us and them. Um, we have a chance. We have a chance to to fight a lot of this. Uh, but I think that that's why they've accelerated is because they. We don't have the numbers that we need that are, I mean, people are outraged, but where are we at a local level actually fighting back and doing something about it? And we're just not quite there. Yet. Right. So what are they, I want to talk to you about AI because that's one of the episodes I saw with you on it, where like with all the, the smart tech in your home and that sort of thing, explain where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> So we know that the, um, they, they have this whole transhumanism movement. And I mean, you can Google that. It's, it's right. out in the open where they want these human AI hybrids. And, and they talk about um, the elite species of AI. And they have this map of human settlements where they want humans to live. Um, you'll start to see online. Um, pay attention. It's not on all the websites, but it's, it's they're putting it up there where you know, you go to your medical portal or whatever, and there's these tabs or sections or portals for like humans, human medicine. It's like, why do they need to uh, to specify that it's human? It seems like something else is coming and they talk about human rights and equality for robots, but they want these digital, they want a digital dictatorship. And, and Noah Harari, Klaus Schwab's number one at the World Economic Forum, he talks about digital dictatorships and a one world government run by artificial intelligence. Um, he talks about how there is no God, Jesus in the Bible or fake news. Um, they're going to have their digital gods in the digital iCloud um, and that they're going to basically be running everything. And he talks about how they've, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but they try to, they've tried in the past with communism and world dictatorships with Hitler and Stalin and um, to, to take over and dominate the world, but they've never been able to do it. But now with their surveillance, with artificial intelligence and surveillance all over the place, I mean, they're moving this out into the wilderness and putting them on trees. They have surveillance everywhere. They don't need soldiers, you know, they, they won't even need soldiers to keep us in line anymore. They've got their surveillance state. And it's all connected to the internet of things um, with the World Economic Forum. And so what they've done is they're connecting smart appliances and devices and meters to the internet of things. And this is their big push for why they need carbon reduction is to, is to switch everything to electric because when everything is electric, it's all digital and they can digitally control it. Someone in China can push a button over there and, and turn half of my street off. You know, when they implement giving controls to other people, um, they can turn my whole neighborhood off if they want at some point to our, our because now everybody is so again, for convenience, um, uh, um, complacent now with all these smart homes and smart devices and, and Alexa and your smart fridges and, and Alexa's going off because I said her name, um, and, uh, your, your smart water faucets and your smart meters and, and all of it is smart digital. Um, and, and what ultimately they're going to be able to do again with your ESG score, communist credit score, basically, um, you lose certain privileges and if you're not behaving um, they'll shut you off to anything whenever they want. Um, we do have, it's interesting, our water meters, secondary water meters that came out. And we saw that in Denver and Colorado. Um, for those of you that were paying attention, the government came in and just locked all their, their meters on them, their, their um, heat and AC. Uh, they just locked it on them. And this is part of the thing that they're doing with these, these grants 
is we're learning with funding from the government, anything the government gives, gives us grants for, it's never, there's always regulations um, and stipulations attached, right? They basically steal a portion of your paycheck and, get, and give up in the form of taxes, and then they're willing to give a portion of that back to you if you use it a certain way. So when they're doing these grants and subsidies and you take government funding to, you know, implement the smart meters or rip out your lawn turf and put non-agricultural you know, um, non turf and soil to conserve water, all these things, there's other hidden agendas that go in with that. And this is what we've seen with communism over time is they create a problem and then they have the solution and they come in with the solution to, prob to the problem, but that's where they implement their agenda. And so it's all under the guise of, you know, conservation efforts and all these other things. But um, yeah, they're, they're getting you to replace your systems with everything smart. And they're giving you grants and subsidies to do it, but you're going to be connected to the internet of things where they can flip you off to anything whenever they want. Cool. So explain to me, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a moment. I got a smart fridge. How is yeah. that going to affect? I, not, I really don't have a smart fridge, but let's say I had a smart fridge. Yeah. What's that going to do? What's the damage to me by having a smart fridge that's hooked to the internet so that mm -hmm. my wife can, you know, peek into the fridge when she's at the store to find out how much milk we really do have. Yeah. So, yeah. And you bring up a good point actually, because they do have that. Um, it's an app and a lot of these are like, Oh, it's so nifty. Cause you have an app and you can check in or you can lock, you know, lock or unlock your door from wherever you're at, or you can check the fridge. So now they have this thing where your smart fridge can be connected to the internet and through an app, if you're at the grocery store, it's, Oh, I, I can't remember if I'm out of milk or not. Let me pull up my app and I can look because over the internet, I can see my fridge and what do I need? What do I don't need? Okay, awesome. I'm, I'm out of that. I need this. And it is, it's very convenient. The problem is, is like I said, they're, they're going to eliminate, um, they don't want us eating red meat or dairy or all these other things. They talk about count, counting our calories for us. They want us switching to bug bars instead of meat. Um, and you're only allotted a certain amount of calories or you're only allotted a certain amount of sugar and they're going to ration everything. So what happens is everything you think is convenient now because it is smart and digital they're going to have access, they're going to also be able to access that. Anytime they want to flip controls over to their end, they can, and they can see what you have in your fridge. And if you, if you've, if you've had um, the portion of, you know, sugar that you're supposed to have, or I mean, they don't want us having dairy, but milk juice or whatever it is, the, what they're doing right now with stores, um, and there was actually a, a man named Haman Jabi. He was an engineer for Silicon Valley, and he helped um, develop some of this equipment. And he, now he's coming out as a whistleblower. And you can type in his name, Haman, J-A-M-A-N, Abi, A-B-B-I, and listen to some of his um, podcasts and presentations that he's done. But he shows, um, he shows how, like in grocery stores, the doors are going to lock. Um, this, this whole digital ID where... They have a zero trust score. Wait, and the it's, doors, like the doors to get into the grocery store? The or? grocery store, yeah. So you have a digital ID and it's connected to your ESG score. And if you go to, to scan to open the door, to, but it, it won't let you because according to your ID and your ESG score, and they've seen in the, they can see in your fridge how much sugar or juice or whatever you've had, um, it won't let you open the door to even buy that food. So if they deem that you already have enough food at home, your, mm -hmm. your, you've your, already had your SOL. 
mm-hmm, this many calories or you, you have so-and-so, you know, this many amount of calories to get you through like in your fridge. So like they are going to dictate to you how many calories you can eat and what you can have in your rations and how often and how do they do that, but to be able to have access to all of your stuff. And this is, this is a lot of the uh, data, you know, the facial recognition that's going up that, I mean, they're talking about that federally on the news now, that's not a secret, Um, but on computers and apps, I mean, they're going to know everything about you all the time. And so some of these apps is, and that's, you know, with the water, how much water have you used with the, with the smart meters, um, they can digitally, wherever they are, hack into that and see, you know, they've already used their, their portion, their ration of water, they're shut off the rest of the month. Holy cow. You know, when they limit my amount of, I smoke a lot of brisket in the summer, I'll put on a trifold hat and throw tea in a harbor. How piss me off to no end, but <laughs> yeah. It's just frightening because in in some ways we're doing it to ourselves, right? For for convenience. And look, I love tech. I really do. But at some point we have to to start asking who gets the data, right? Because that's really what it's about Mm -hmm. because that data is easily weaponized. Uh, We see it in China all the time, right? Our version, you know, our version's ESG. Theirs is just, you know... I think it's just a, they, they come right out and say it. It's a social credit score. And if you're not supporting the party or if you have tweets or social media posts that you find that the government finds you're not being a good citizen, you get, like you were describing, you get hammered and we're lining up for it now. And that's the part that's Mm -hmm. just so frightening is that we're begging for it. We just want it for for the sake of, of the gadget itself. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've seen doctors and therapists lose their licenses over this stuff, trying to give safe alternatives to the vaccine or coming out and speaking out against it. And they get censored and they get their license and their whole their whole lives, businesses, you know, shut down and torn apart. I mean, we see that happening. So is it really that far off or difficult to connect those dots that when they literally have all of your data? And they're trying to do these things to people and they have digital access to controls of everything in your house. I mean, really, how do you, what do you think that's going to look like when we have people who dream about digital global, global dictatorships and communism in charge operating those mechanisms and controls? So has, has any of that sort of stuff in particular passed in Utah yet? Yeah, the uh, smart meters, uh, the water meters, uh, interestingly enough, the entire state, there's no opt-out option. We have to all be smart metered or secondary meters by uh, the year 2030. That's what a coincidence. Uh, What a coincidence. What a coincidence. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some of this stuff they haven't even passed. For instance, the ESG, we fought ESG um, and they haven't been able to put that Marlowe's actually been to the Capitol or state treasurer to help fight that as well. They haven't even passed that yet and said, yes, it's okay in the state of Utah to force this on our citizens and implement this yet. They're building it. It's in all our strategic plans. The, uh, the uh, state document, the plan that I you've seen on the other podcast right. with the smart city, the 15 minute cities, um, everything that they're doing is it, it's, they talk about how they're implementing ESG into it. So carbon reduction, everything, you know, the transit system, 
this mass transit system Cox wants. And again, they want every affordable housing, this mass free transit. They want everything free because they want you dependent on the government for it. When all of our roads and our public transport, and then they get rid of cars. I mean, if they want to shut off, the, they're already talking about um, our chart, you know, electric vehicle charging stations to conserve energy, shutting those down on the weekends or for so many days. So if they're going to ban gas cars and have us switch to electric, and then it's, oh, to conserve energy, we have to shut off the charging stations. I mean, everything is, we're, we're becoming dependent on them for everything, but it's all digital. So right. they, they are very much so implementing a lot of this in Utah right now. And they're building the infrastructure now and nobody is there to stand up and, and stop it. Real quick, explain what the concept of a 15-minute city is. Yeah, so 15-minute city is basically everything with you are going to be confined to a city or, or a district. Um, uh, they're calling them... They're either smart cities or 15 or five minute city or walkable communities where everything's within walking distance. So you usually have the residential area in the middle and then from affordable housing or residents, the smart homes, right? Um, everything you're connected to the transit hub, which with your digital ID, if, you'll be, if you're behaving, you can digitally scan on if your score is high enough and you're behaving to leave your city. Um, Utah has already stated that they're slashing car usage. Um, they're getting rid of cars to make it public transport there and all the e-bikes, all digital. Um, but everything is within 15 minutes from you. So where you work, you're going to have to work within 15 minutes of where you live. Um, education, share and reuse because they want you to own nothing and be happy. They have those, those little stations mm -hmm. set up. Um, but everything that you need, entertainment, is within 15 minutes Um in your city. And we're seeing in uh, Oxfordshire and in Australia, they're already doing climate lockdowns. So because of, um, again, like we talked about earlier, they're outside breathing carbon dioxide or the gas cars because of emissions, um, they're locking everybody into their cities um, and they're calling them climate lockdowns now. So this is one of the next steps to like their, you know, the World Economic Forum's ultimate lockdown for one world government digital dictatorship control that they boast about all the time so yeah everything's within 15 minutes and because everything's digital and everything belongs to the government all this free stuff that's government regulated they can shut down stuff and regulate where you're going as often as they want but they they've come out with um 100 day passes so you're only allowed to travel outside of your cities so many times. If you have the carbon credits for it, you'll be allowed to fly somewhere maybe once every three to four years. Um, I actually listened today on Newsmax. They have this thing called the digital twin and they are virtually twinning all of the cities. Um, they're twinning, like they're taking digital scans of plants and pictures in museums. And basically they're creating a whole digital vir virtual world. And, and they talk about, I mean, Zuckerberg talks about the metaverse everything in the metaverse, virtual reality. Um, but basically they're, they're twinning the cities as well. So that because we're not, we're gonna be locked into our cities and we're not gonna be able to travel unless they tell us we can. Um, we can visit our friends and our loved ones in other places via virtual reality headset. And uh. it's called the digital twin. Utah has implemented the digital twin as well through our Utah Department of Transportation, which is the same department that is issuing uh, that is doing the digital delivery throughout the in entire state. And I can provide that to you as well, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, but 
but they are doing it all here. And I, I heard on Newsmax today, the chief officer at Meta, Metaverse, which by the way, their um, Metaverse headquarters is in Eagle Mountain, Utah. And in our quote unquote drought, we're sending millions of gallons of water yep. to data pooling centers to surveil us. Um, but yeah, they, they talked about on, on Newsmax today that uh, you'll be able to, uh, about this virtual reality basically, and about how you'll be able to visit somebody via virtual reality set and holograms and it'll be as if you're breathing the same air in the same room as that person. So they're setting it up and, and he, he flat out said it will be a new augmented reality. That was on Newsmax. Go look up today's session of Newsmax and, and watch that. Holy it's actually scary. You said just a second ago that Utah's already passed something to get rid of cars. So we're seeing in other states, um, they want gas cars banned by 2035. I think right. they're going and speed up that time to be honest mm -hmm. uh, but in utah they're, they've already come out they started the narrative a few years ago in articles do we really need cars um and promoting these walkable cities where everything's within walking distance but utah has come out in our state plans for right now they want to slash car usage to only one car per household in the 15 minute cities uh, desert news came out with an article that stated um you'll be allowed one car per household so that you can go out of your city, 15 minute city, if you want to go out on the weekends. So they're already talking about limiting when we can travel outside of the city. Jeez. The problem is, is how long are we allowed one car? This is a step-by-step -step implementation that we have seen them. They're very patient. They We've are. seen them for decades. Um, so yeah, they're already slashing us down to one car per household. Um, they want everything electric though. What? And at some point, what would be the mechanism in which they can enforce that, though? They can pass bills. They'll, they'll, mark my words, because I'm, I'm reading these bills and I'm up at the Capitol. They are putting I, this stuff into our bills right now. I believe you. I'm just curious yeah. what the mechanisms will be where, where you no longer have your second car, right? Yeah, and I'm not to be 100% sure. I'm not sure what that will look like if it'll be, you know, because it's illegal, the, the police or state can come remove it. I don't know what that enforcement mechanism will be at that point when people start throwing a fit. But for right now, I think what, what they're counting on is people buying into the narrative, buying into the fact that it's a good thing, buying into this whole everything's for the betterment of the climate under climate change. We need to get rid of carbon emissions um, that people are just going to willfully go with that because they're being told it's for our safety um there's also i think they're also going to start to make things unbearably expensive for us so that we want their alternative systems um one of the things that they did just pass is now not only are we uh paying for you know the toll road the toll lanes on the freeway and the uh, stuff for infrastructure on our roads through through taxes with gas now they've just passed this bill. I think it's going to be effective July 1st of this year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, if I'm wrong on that, I'll let you know. But they have, they've already passed this bill where if you are driving cars, you're also going to have to pay a fee per mile that you drive. But electric and hybrid cars, you don't have to. And it says right on Cox's website, the choice is yours. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and they're, they're pushing people into 
this homeless system because it's so un unbearably expensive to pay for everything and live on your, they want everybody in affordable housing. And I think they're just going to continue to make everything so expensive and so miserable that we're dying for a solution and we're okay to be dependent on the government to take care of everything for us and, and buy into these alternative systems. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I don't, if, if they were to come and just rip stuff away, right? Mm -hmm. We would all be up in arms. Right. But if they can create the conditions at which mm -hmm. you beg them for the solution, right? then they got you. Yep. And, and that there's a reason I'm a believer in rugged individualism, right? It's because when you are reliant on somebody else for your day-to-day -day necessities, you're yeah. a slave. Yeah. You're a slave. You you don't you don't have the option of saying, no, I got this. You you are beholden to them. And that is a very frightening place to be. So what are they doing right now with the water? You brought that up earlier. Yeah. Um, do we want to get into the Great Salt Lake? <laughs> they what? Do we do do you want to get into the Great Salt Lake? And yeah, let's let's do it. There? Yep. Okay. If you're good, I'm good. Yeah. So Great Salt Lake, the narrative right now is oh, there's all this arsenic in the, in the water right now, right? And if it were to dry up and evaporate because we're in a drought, this water is evaporating at such a big, uh, quick rate that we're going to be breathing in this arsenic dust and it's going to be toxic for us. And the birds, it's a migratory um, safety uh, habitat for the birds and so the birds need the brine and the brine shrimp to survive and and so we need to find a way to raise the levels of this lake and save us and the birds well i ran into contracts um where they are actually evaporating a ton of water through the great salt lake intentionally because they're mining for lithium lithium and magnesium and and other minerals but we have Compass Minerals and U.S. Magnesium, U.S. Magnum, the Lithium King. Some of these companies, the Lithium King actually owns its 1,760 acres of the salt flats where they're allowed to evaporate our water out there uh, to mine lithium. And they're 100% owned by British Columbia. So Canada is here evaporating our water so that they can get lithium. Um, we have other companies who are... I forget the name of the other one. There's another one that's 100% based in British Columbia. Um, but we have Com uh, Compass Minerals, who's contracted with LG Energy Solutions. And LG Energy Solutions is one of the big time players, like for Tesla, um, but they're big on the electric vehicle batteries. And they've also, they've, they've partnered with Compass Minerals here, and then they've also partnered with China. So what they're doing is they're evaporating our water. And, and one of the things, they're evaporating our water through the Great Salt Lake for lithium, but then they're taking that lithium and they're turning it around and they're giving it to China. Mm. So we are helping our enemy right now um, with our water and our resources. And one of the big things they're talking about with the brine and the brine shift, and we, and we need to save the brine. Well, um, one of the things that creates high quality lithium is brine. And Utah has some of the highest quality lithium in the world. And so one company boasted about, I think it was U.S. Magnesium. Um, one of them has a 55 acre 
uh, infill solar evaporation pond, and one of them has a 65,000 acre evaporation pond. Um, and I think it was US Magnesium who was boasting about how they evaporate in the course of one year, 40 billion gallons of water from our Great Salt Lake for lithium. And to put in perspective how much water it takes for this, because they, because they wanna move everything over to green energy, to electric vehicles and everything electric. So these lithium to make batteries for electric vehicles, um, a half a million to 500,000 gallons of water is what you need to evaporate for one metric ton of lithium. And one metric ton of lithium makes about 190,000 cell phones. So that's a lot of water for fueling China. And so there are other reasons that our lake is dwindling. Now, Cox came out with a proclamation and basically said, because we need to save the Great Salt Lake, we are suspending your water rights. We're suspending your right to apply for all unappropriated and surplus water rights. Even though shareholders are getting letters saying that they're only going to get 90% or less of their shares of water this year because we're in a drought and they need to conserve. Um, and Cox stated that all of that extra water that we don't have a right to apply for anymore is going to go to the Great Salt Lake. Um, then you have our legislators putting bills into force that we have to have our secondary smart meters in place by 2030, no opt-out option, um, just, just enforced. And, and again, it's digital. So they've put the, um, the read valves in now, the next step will be the control valves. Um, but once those are remote control, control valves, when they decide that they, right now it's conserve, conserve at some point, they're gonna start rationing. Um, and again, this is World Economic Forum, ration your food, ration your water, ration energy, ration everything. Um, but if you're using more water than you're supposed to, they're just going to shut you off to it. So it's our responsibility to conserve more and more and more water while they're looking for every reason to drain it to meta, to metaverse, meta platforms in Eagle Mountain for their data cooling centers, for construction of new development for affordable housing, which why are we doing this? And why is Cox saying we'll take all the immigrants we can get when apparently we don't have enough water for ourselves? to the mining and even mining ore takes a ton of, of water mm -hmm. and then to evaporate it for minerals. Um, I think it's completely irresponsible, but that is actually where our water is going. And the 40 million tax dollars uh, that went to saving the Great Salt Lake, that was put into a trust. I did a, I uh, contacted the state auditor's office and I also did a grandma request, a grandma request with the um, division of for fire forestry and state lands. And they came back and told me that all 40 million of our tax dollars that went to save the Great Salt Lake just went into a trust that Rockefeller 100% owns. <laughs> it went into the Nature Conservancy and the Audubon Society, which both of those are the Rockefeller Brothers funds. So he owns 100, he's created a trust and that $40 million is going in there so Rockefeller can manage our Great Salt Lake. So yeah, that's where we're at with the water, but conserve, conserve. And and these, you know, rip out your, the, the local scapes where you, because we need to conserve water, rip out your turf and plant non-agricultural turf and soil. Guys, you're ripping out your ability to plant agriculture for yourselves. And mm -hmm. it's you plant some things, but you're ripping out a huge, they've just actually passed another bill to the Senate. The, the House passed it just a couple of days ago, stating that if you did that and now you decide you don't want it. And so you swap it back to agricultural turf and soils, um, they can place a lien on your property now Ugh. to get back. 
So now they can come for your property if you don't pay back in time. I mean, this, this is this is about control. And you know, that thing is so funny too, that that um the land turf thing, because a lot of it is replace replace grass with rock. Rock right. creates heat and you're you're getting rid of more moisture and water that way. It's stupid. Yep. Um yep. But yeah, they're putting all these things in place where you need to conserve, you keep conserving your water, but we can suspend your water rights and, and take it over here and give it to China and British Columbia so that they can mine lithium, which by the way, is extremely toxic. Some of these companies own more than one permit for a hazardous tox toxic waste because lithium is so toxic. And on the Environmental Protection Agency's website themselves, they state how to get rid of lithium batteries, electric vehicle batteries and cell phone batteries. Um, you can't recycle them. You can't reuse them. They're so toxic. Um, they talk about how to get rid of hazardous waste with these batteries. So, I mean, it's insane. And the, the hydrogen, they want to change over to green energy. So we're not using fossil fuels. They want our last coal plant shut down in Utah by 2025. And they want to replace it with all this green energy with lithium and electric and with these hydrogen, uh, compressed hydrogen caverns um, down in Delta. Uh, Sawtooth Caverns is one of them. The problem with this is, and they admit themselves, they have a natural gas liquids pipeline and they have to use gas, other gasoline filled caverns and natural fuels to fuel it. So it's ridiculous. And they have contracts stating that this compressed hydrogen is going to go fuel Los Angeles and cities in, in California, not even here in Utah, not even fuel energy for us. And guys, in order to get the hydrogen molecules to do that, you have to use up water. You have to separate oxygen uh, from hydrogen to get that hydrogen. And they've admitted that again, just a, maybe three days ago, I was at the Capitol giving public comment. Um, there was a, I think a water commissioner that stood up and said that he was really worried about this because in order to get the hydrogen molecules, we are using up more water. And I made a comment and uh, they just decided to unanimously vote yes to that and send it to the Senate. So they're being extremely responsible with our water, but you need to conserve. And then they're putting these control mechanisms in place. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. I think we get the idea that we're in some trouble. Yeah. We're, we're in some trouble. I want to talk about the players, right? Yeah. Because I think knowing who the players are and where they're getting their funding from mm. is always the tell. Right. That'll tell you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. So it's no secret. Utah is heavily Republican. Right. Right. Rhino Republican, but yes. Rhino Republicans, but yes, Republicans. Yeah. So real quick, do you know of, I don't know, give me the name of one of our local politicians or one of our local congressmen or whatever. Mitt and Romney? Yeah, we can go there. How does he get funded? Does he is he funded all himself? I mean, I know he's a pretty wealthy guy, but is he able to fund himself? See, here's the thing: the this this is, and you hear about this on a federal level, and I'm talking about this in Washington is these private public partnerships, and the NGOs and the nonprofits. For instance, Mitt Romney's son, Josh Romney, he's president over. Um, I'm sorry, he's not the president, but he's on the board of trustees and he's a trustee of Shelter the Homeless. So our entire homeless system here, people think it's government run. It's all nonprofits and it's run by all this, all the people that are involved. Um, 
so they do have we have we have these lobbyists and these NGOs and these nonprofits that come present to legislation, which is it's all theater. They already know, made up their minds ahead of time how they're gonna vote, but because it needs to be recorded on minutes, they present it on the floor. And when you go home and you start researching these nonprofits, um, that these legislators are voting, yes, we will give you, they're getting our tax dollars. They're giving legislative appropriations to these um, NGOs um, to implement a lot of the stuff here in our state, whether it's education, energy, infrastructure, health, all of it. Um, and then you when, you, when you research these groups, you start to realize that a lot of legislators sit on those boards and they're giving appropriations themselves. They're giving bids to corporations that they sit on or are one shell company, one nonprofit company away. Mm -hmm. um, so they are giving themselves tax dollars, but then what they do is they also have these bigger corporations that fund and partner with these smaller NGOs who are big time players like Rockefeller and Soros and their foundations. And through that, they invest in our economy. And so now we have this big spider web of our tax dollars and their investment of our tax dollars going in. And now you see these stocks, uh, stocks and bonds um, and all this trading going on with basically through these nonprofits that are working as shell companies that half of our legislators are in bed with. Um, going back to Rockefeller and the elite and United Nations and Federal Reserve and all of it. So, but we don't ever see, we don't ever see the return on that. It's just our government that gets to see the return on that. And how are all these politicians getting rich? You know, like, like Romney, like Pelosi, how, how are they all getting so rich based off what they do? Um, but yeah, they're giving themselves the bids. They, they are in bed with these other corporations. Um, Ann Milner, who's a legislator of ours, she passed a bill that created the regulatory reform relief program within our regulatory sandbox. And that sandbox basically states that um, there are businesses and companies that can file for exemptions to the law. They won't be regulated or have to follow any state law for experimental uh, products or services. And then there's also the new business grant for like Utah businesses where you're getting tax credits and, and grants for businesses for Utah. But when you go look and then Ann Milner also, so we've also lost checks and balances because all three branches of government are serving together on executive branch boards. So not only are they part involved with these uh, NGOs and public private partnerships, but they're also, we've, our constitution prohibits that, right? We're supposed to right. keep checks and but we haven't we brought them all together so she also sits on the board that she created to be able to regulate who gets these grants and tax credits and when you go look at at the the companies on our government website it's the royal bank of canada it's metaverse it's it's all these other big bad corps and then merit medical i see on there a few times well ann milner sits on the governance board of merit medical and is over the shareholders of that and she's over ESG specifically for that company. Merit Medical, I find this it interesting, um, does business with EV, ECVQ Nano and Ali Isom, who ran against Mike Lee, um, serves on the executive team of that, but they're partnered, they're financially sponsored together, them and Merit Medical. Ann Milner also sits on the board of trustees of Intermountain Healthcare, which is by the way, a nonprofit. How does that work? Um, and they are partnered directly with the World Economic Forum. Uh, 
Spencer Eccles, who's tied to the Federal Reserve, also sits on that board. So does Scott Anderson, who also sits on Merit Medical. Um, Mike Levitt sits on that board as well, which again, Mike Levitt is one of the founders of Envision Utah, which is involved with everything. And then you start to see like, oh, Envision Utah and Intermountain Healthcare and Merit Medical and the University of Utah and all of these companies and corporations and NGOs, they're all partner partnered together and financially sponsoring each other. Um, if you look at the Kenzie Gardner Policy Institute at the University of Utah, you'll see Josh Romney and Mitt Romney and Governor Cox. You'll see Mike Levitt, Hatch was on there, um, but you'll also see Ann Milner, um, some of our legislators on there. It's the same players over and over everywhere you go. And then it's the same people that own the homeless system and everywhere you go. Um, there was another one that I was in. Oh, there is a US Global Leadership Coalition. Um, and you can Google this, uh, look it up. It's, it's the UN, it's the World Economic Forum, it's Rothschild, Soros, Rockefeller, um, all the big bad corps, uh, corporations, I mean. Um, Hillary Clinton is on that board, Henry Kissinger is on that board. And then when you look at the state advisory board for that group, Ann Milner's on there, Bramble, these are our legislators. Ben McAdams, who's the legislator. Um, and uh, Sean Reyes is actually on that board as well. Uh, but I mean, they they pop up over and over and over. And then when you look at who who these boards and organizations are partnered with and who they're financially sponsored by or who have memberships to, or you know, they're swapping money, it's it's all the same corporations. It's just the spider web of all of them tied together. And then their NGOs and nonprofits go lobby and present to our legislators to get bills passed to do their bidding. And that's what that's what we're seeing happen. A lot of them, like Mitt Romney and Brad Wilson, who is our Speaker of the House, he's the one who made sure that that 40 million, he sent that 40 million to Rockefeller for our Great Salt Lake. Um, he, uh, I think he also sits on the Kempsey Garden Policy Institute as well with Mitt and, and Cox and our legislators and judges, all three branches of government together on that board as well. Um, but Brad Wilson also owns Destination Homes, which has gotten bids for affordable, you know, building. Yeah here um so yeah i mean they're they're giving themselves bids and then they're giving a, a tax a per, our tax dollars to their own companies and it's 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 very lucrative people forget that the very definition of fascism is that private public partnership right you yeah. saw it in germany with volkswagen during the third reich you saw it with corrupt steel yeah. right Whenever corporations and government get into bed together, that's where it goes every time, yep. every time. And the fact we're seeing it happen here is spooky. So yeah. let, let me ask you this. Do you think that what's happening in Utah right now is par for the course for the rest of the nation? Or do you see something different happening in, happening in Utah, maybe with greater speed or greater emphasis where do we sit in relation to the rest rest of the nation right yeah there is more emphasis in utah um specifically because they want us to be the hub their new global one world order um there's a lot of um global hubs but utah is the main one and our salt palace is actually a U united nations headquarters they've what? moved some yeah our salt palace it's a united nations headquarters it's a, it's a united nations building really yeah. I can look that up. Um, 
but we we have we've had a lot of funding go to the to the to the UN to move their business here. We have Gates and Rockefeller here everywhere through our inland port. They brought Stryker, which is partnered with Rockefeller in when they did the whole Gavi, when hate to say it, but the church rolled out Gavi um, for the uh, vaccination program here. Gavi is partnered directly with Rockefeller and it is run by uh, the Federal Reserve World Bank, Rockefeller, Soros, um, I can't think of the last one. Oh, United Nations. Um, but I mean, they've brought Rockefeller owns the trust over our right salt. Like they've brought him in everywhere and you'll start to see, I mean, pay attention to articles when they're like the green new revelation and they want Utah to be the green energy, you know, hydrogen hub, or, you know, the Utah inland port is the new global hub. Pay attention to articles you read. They tell you they're turning us into a global, the global hub, like everywhere, everywhere, all of our infrastructure. Real quick. What's Gabby? Gavi is a partnership between GlaxoSmithKline and Pfizer. And GlaxoSmithKline is actually, I don't have the documents right in front of me, so I can't remember who owns what, but Mitt Romney sits on the board of trustees of Marriott International, right. which is also partnered directly with World Economic Forum and is not doing good things. Um, and I forget which owns which, but they're tied to GlaxoSmithKline as well. So again, you just start seeing this spider web of, and this full circle kind of being made of how all these people are just connected to every part of it. Why do they want Utah to be a global hub? I think there's a physical and spiritual aspect to that, to be honest. Um, we are very mineral rich. We have some of the uh, best you know, mineral rich land, soil and, and water in, in the globe. Um, I think that they they want our land and minerals and there's a lot of opportunity here for, I mean, they're coming in everywhere to try to get the lithium and all sorts of stuff that we have here. Not that other countries don't have it, but I also think that this is a spiritual battle as well. More so than anything, I think this is a light between God and the evil and um, good against bad, light against dark. And I think that because of who we are and what we represent here, we were we were chosen as a target. That's just my opinion. I can't prove that. Um, but again, we're also very obedient here um, because we're so religious and we think we're so conservative and nothing bad could ever happen here. I think that they kind of, they use that to manipulate. Oh us. yeah. Um, for whatever reason, they just saw this as prime land <laughs> to turn into the hub. And, and so far, Nobody noticed. I mean, for a long time, nobody noticed what was going on, what they were doing. So I'm grateful to you to have me on just so we can start trying to expose some of this stuff. And, and you know, not, not all is not well in Zion. And we're not as righteous of a state as we think we are. And one of the things I'm frustrated with right now is, you know, we're so focused on being kind. And Christ was not kind to the sinners in the temple. He threw them out in righteous anger. And there is a very dark evil coming for our kids right now. And we need to throw it out of their lives throw it as far away as we can and this whole you know they're doing these family-friendly drag shows every weekend all the time at BYU and in Salt Lake City where little kids little two-year-olds there's there is a picture and an article that came out in the Salt Lake Tribune and the Salt Lake Tribune was talking about it like it was a good thing but this he had to be two or three and he was sticking dollar bills in the panties of some drag queen artist and we're throwing these everywhere 
and we're, we're normalizing sexuality with our kids. And nobody is standing up to this because we want to be kind. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want people to not like us. We want to please everyone. And there, again, this is a very, we're seeing it in the schools. They're coming for kids with the transgender. They want to put mental health clinics into the schools. I'm fighting that bill too. And I would love to have all of you there helping me fight that. There are not good things that they want passed through with this mental health, with our education system, but they are coming for the kids. And at some point we have to stop being the kind state and stand up and say enough and fight for what's right and fight for the truth. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't, can't agree with you more that first, yeah, I think, I think Salt Lake in Utah was picked out singly because of what it was. Yeah. Right? It was the, look, Mormonism's unique because it is really, really the only American religion, right? right. It's the only religion that ever said, those documents that those founding fathers put down, that's damn near scripture, right. right? So if they can come here and get the job done here, mm-hmm. well, it's pretty easy to get the dominoes to fall everywhere else. Yeah. I've always said, watch Utah and watch Texas as they go. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where things, that's mm-hmm. where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And you're right. They are coming for our kids. I've had several guests on here multiple times about homeschooling. I think it's time that we get our kids yeah. out. Yes. We, we can't afford to leave them in any longer. Um I remember I remember the argument. Not I, I was one of the guys early on who was like homeschooling. I don't want my kid to be weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I was that too and I'm all for it now. <laughs> now I'm telling my son, don't send her to school, right? Yeah. Keep your daughter home. You teach her. You can do it. Let me give you some resources of some folks I know. Mm. Because you're you're 100% right. I think I have an episode called They're Coming for Our Kids. Because that's exactly what it is. And as a fundamentalist guy, I've reached out many times to a lot of LDS folks going, my problem is your problem. We can have our religious differences later. But right now, if we're all supposed, if if we if we all say we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then then all of our asses are on the line on this one, and we mm-hmm. had better get to the point to where we can work together, where it's truly important. We'll have our theological differences later, but right now it's all hands on deck. Yeah, yeah, and. You guys, I, I promise you, I, I promise you, I have been to the Capitol I, a lot, most of the days. And if I'm not there in person, I'm, I'm tuned in virtually online, but I have, they are pushing this stuff into our schools, into our health system. I, I promise you, I have read the bills. I have listened to them discuss this and they are all for pushing this ideology onto our kids. And there, there's a lot of, you know, we're creating new bills where, I mean, we already know we have a problem. We kind of we kind of touched on this with child protective services and DFS and all of this and the, the, the trafficking, which if you don't believe that there's sex trafficking going on with the kids, go read Revelations because Revelation specifically talks about trafficking in the last days. All of these things that we're seeing the Bible and our scripture warns us about. Um, but I promise you, yes, in Utah, they are coming for the kids and they are coming for the kids harder here than in any other state because of what we, what we represent here. Our state represents families. 
this is the, the, the child, you know, we're the Mormons, all of us have 10 kids, right? We, this is our family friendly state of, of, we represent children here. They are hitting our kids harder here than they are in other, any other state. I promise you that they are. And the only reason that you're not seeing it, it, it it's not being blown up on the news here like it is in other states, but it, it's because you're not paying attention. Please pay attention. These drag shows that are going, I mean, they're, they're popping up every weekend now, family friendly all over the place. You said and, there was and, a, a drag show at BYU? Yeah. Uh, sorry, not at BYU. Um, oh, okay. There were, some BYU groups that put it on and they are um Jason's actually if you want we are the people uh mm-hmm. radio, he's had some people and professors from BYU come on there's some episodes that they've done um it'd be cool for you to have them on at some point as well but they're talking about what the professors and you know what they're pushing at BYU right now and they are um teaching you know they're they're indoctrinating the kids at schools with um even in our elementary schools and high schools, but with like climate, uh, the climate hoax, scaring them with that, but environment and, and the transgender and all of that stuff, all that ideology, they are implementing into BYU classes and at BYU as well. And there were some BYU organizations and groups that, um, put on and supported the, uh, a a transgender, yeah, a, a drag show. Has there been any bills concerning the transgender movement and that sort of stuff up there at, uh, at the capitol this time around there was one that i was actually really happy about um that one was just the other day was it yesterday it may have been yesterday or the day before but there was there were overflows there were many people and this is what i'm saying when we have a lot of people show up they get scared and they back down and they listen because they know we're in charge um there was the the entire main room and then there were overflows of other rooms of people um, giving comment. And so there was a bill passed that um, there were two, uh, we we were able to get the one passed, which does not allow transgender surgery on minors. Nice. However, the one that would allow hormone blockers, I believe that that one was passed. And I don't remember, to be honest, the specific, um, the specifics of that one, but there are instances where we they can still pass hormone blockers. And just so you know, um, the mental health clinics that they want to bring into schools, um, they are hiring psych- psychiatrists and doctors through the state, through Envision Utah, Mike Levitt, Soros, <laughs> with Cox, and, you know, all of these psychopath doctors and scientists, trust right. the science, right, to be installed in, uh, to work for the state, uh, they could be installed in these mental health clinics that they want to bring to the schools where they're treating your kids without you there. And there is actually state code right now states that uh, the Department of Health and Human Services can take custody of your child and force them into electric convulsive treatment, which is uh, electrocuting the brain to induce grand mal seizures to treat depression. And if they are a threat to themselves, and now we're seeing the suicide prevention stuff going on. And the Department of Health and Human Services is also issuing a sh- what's called a SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. It's student health, and prevent- student health and Risk Prevention is what SHARP stands for. And they're issuing these uh, surveys starting in sixth grade in the schools. I do know Alpine School District and Granite School District are doing it. Um, 
where there you're asking your kids all sorts of questions like where are the guns and ammo stored in your home? How many of their kids are at home? Have you ever tried to cut yourself? Have you ever tried to burn yourself? Have you ever thought about trying to kill yourself? If so, have you thought about how you would do it? Very specific, disgusting questions. Um, the questions are very leading to my parents are bad, my teachers are good. And this is part of this whole ideology with communism where they want the yeah. kids to belong to the state or the collective as a whole. Um, but they are. this is also a screening tool. And it's screening the kids for the information that could subject them to this treatment. And if you don't believe they're doing it, go look up Intermountain Healthcare ECT, electroconvulsive treatment. It is right on their website. And they state that they induce seizures through elect electric shock to treat. And it will take at least, I think, at least 12 treatments. Right on there, it says it's not guaranteed to work. Um, there are forms that I have found for, I think it was Molina Healthcare, where on the checkbox, there's voluntary and involuntary, but state code says that once this treatment is prescribed, it's not up to the parent or the child anymore. It is up to the Department of Health to appoint two fact finders to make the decision on if they are going to force you to give custody to the department so that they can do this treatment on your child. Um, that's already state statute. That's in force. They, um, there were a couple bills. Now, originally, this was electroshock in adults. Then they changed it to electroshock in children specifically. Not even adults and children, just changed it to children. Then they changed electroshock to electroconvulsive, which in the code states that the uh, definition of that means to induce grand mal seizures. And there was other there were other bills that they tried to pass that would require, first of all, would prohibit this treatment on anyone under the age of 18. It didn't get passed. The other one was it would require informed consent. And on the consent form, this bill lists very specifically, it would need to include th these things plus more um, of all the things this treatment can cause, like um, you know, permanent seizures. We know grand mal seizures do that once you have one. Your likeliness right. of having them again goes up 50%. Yeah. Um, uh, permanent para paralysis, um, hemorrhaging of the brain, cardiac arrest, um, all sorts of things. Any any uh, deaths within 14 days of this treatment would have to be, those autopsies would have to be reported to the state. Any autopsies that are done that show that this treatment resulted from asphyxiation from treatment would have to be reported to the state. Check it down, didn't pass it. This bill is still in force. And I am terrified that they push these mental health clinics into these schools. They start prescribing this treatment. State code says once it's prescribed, you as the parent and the child don't get a say anymore. They can force your child in this treatment. So do you really think that they're not going to start forcing treatment hormone blockers? Because they passed the bill that allows that now. Well, yeah, because, because the, num the numbers that they publish, not the actual numbers, because there are those are separate. Yeah. They say, oh, well, you know, if you don't allow your child to transition, your child stands a much greater risk of committing suicide and those sorts of things. Yeah. We've already seen that. We saw that in Canada. We've seen that in the States. Mm -hmm. So we're, pardon the expression, we're damn stupid if we don't think it's going to come here. Right. Oh, it's already here. And and I don't know if you've heard Chloe Cole. She's actually testified at Congress in D.C. Um, She transitioned. 
um, as a child and she transitioned to a boy and now she's transitioned back. And she realized later that her decision wasn't because she was in the wrong body. It, it was the result of trying to deal and cope with sexual assault that she suffered as a child. Um, and, and she, she wants to go back, but she doesn't know if she'll ever be able to have kids now. If she does, she doesn't know if she'll be able to breastfeed. Yeah. She won't be able to breastfeed. Um, but she's stuck in this place where she says, my doctors don't know what to do with me. They can't help me. And my parents, um, did this because they convinced them that I would kill myself if they didn't let me have this transition. And so she was actually at our state capitol speaking for us, um, speaking for Utahns, because we're not sure. That was actually the one that we had overflows of of people show up. Good, um, good. At but, least that, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for the kids, at least, hopefully, right? But, and that's the thing is people don't realize that they're implementing these other things with our health system and our education system, and even our infrastructure, these 15-minute cities, these lockdowns, I mean, this is going to affect your kids, too. It, they will never know what freedom is if we allow this to continue to happen. No. But, yeah. for, for those in the audience old enough to remember what life was like before 9-11, just remember. Yeah. Just remember back then and ask yourself, where are we compared to September 10th, 2001 to now, because it's vastly different. It's an uncomfortable thought experiment, but it's vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's continuing to um, get worse and worse. It's only going to get worse and continue to go downhill until we are in a state of communism ourselves. And if you really think that that could never happen here, just because we're America Take a good look in the mirror and reflect on that. Um, the devil hasn't gone anywhere. He's always been here. We have seen Stalin. We have seen Hitler. We have seen some very horrific things. Um, and he he goes and he hides for a little bit. And then he comes back and he tries again. And if you really think that he's not going to try in God's promised land, it's that's ignorant speaking. For some reason, as Americans, and I'll, I'll whittle it down further here in a second, but as Americans, we think that natural law stops at our borders to a certain extent right? right we we look at the look at economy right we we print all this money and we <laughs> think it can't hurt us right yeah. because we're america right yeah. if, right if somehow the laws of economy stop right at our border right well that's not true we're we're all the unstable stuff going on in the economy up 6 one day down 8 the other that's all signs of an economy that has way too much liquidity in the market if we embrace principles that are communist in nature or that weaken freedom it will have an effect it's not like that those those consequences stop at our borders right and and for you know the average run-of-the-mill lds person i would say just like you did things aren't good in Zion and God no. warned us it was going to get to this point. So if you've got your head in the sand and think, well, I live in Utah. I, I live 30 miles right down the road from church headquarters. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Doesn't make a difference. Right. Yeah. So, all right. We we've covered a lot. I want to ask this, what can my audience do to help? Get involved. 
Uh, General Flynn, I went to a, a We Can Act Liberty conference here last year, and General Flynn was here, and he, and he was telling all of us, no one is coming to save you. Get involved at a local level, because this is how we fight back. The cities and counties can fight the state, and the states can fight D.C. Uh, it seems overwhelming when we, like you mentioned earlier, trying to fight what's happening in D.C., because we can't, but we can fight it when we take our states back and then the states come together. Um, but we have to start in our local areas, our cities and our counties. And guys, if you think it's not going on in your cities and counties, it is. It is. There are very few that have not bought into this. Um, but we need to educate our city councilmen, our county commissioners, and we need to get to the Capitol. General session is six weeks. You can do it. And uh, for one, just, just an experiment for one year, put football to the side and come stand up for our freedoms. I promise you, you're going to feel a lot better. <laughs> um, there's something very exhilarating and encouraging and empowering when you're up there in a room full of people next to you fighting for our freedoms and the freedoms of our children. Um, but we need you at the Capitol if you can. If you want to virtually attend, that's fine. Please give public comment if you're willing. Um, if you're able to just, you know, print a bill off and start reading a bill and see what you find um, and share it with people. But please share this information with other people. So first of all, they realize uh, we've, we've, been, we've been asleep. We need to wake up. It is happening here. Um, and just get involved in whatever way you can. Um, if you want to subscribe to Defending Utah um, and Utah Freedom Coalition, they share a lot of my research. They do a lot of their own research. Um, Enoch with Defending Utah is getting petitions up, not the normal petitions that don't do anything but constitutional formal petitions um, to fight some of this stuff constitutionally. Um, we can get writs of uh, certiorari later down the, down the road, but I mean, we have to start somewhere where we start physically coming together to form that army so that we can fight this system. But please just in whatever way you can get involved, start going to city council. And I know it's boring and it's not fun, but I think city councils, some of them are once a week, some are every two weeks. It's a couple hours every two weeks and legislative session is six weeks. So we can do that. So defending Utah, Utah Freedom Coalition. Yes. Those, those are the two groups you recommend to partner with. Yeah. And it, it's not that there's not more. Those are just the two that I really know are going hard at it and that are, they're fighting hard and they're willing to, I mean, they're not, well, none of us are getting paid. You know, yeah. we're not asking for money. We're not doing this for the money. We're doing it because we genuinely care about our home and about your children. And we are fighting hard to keep your children safe. So um, we're not asking for money, but there's a, there's a lot of good information up there and calls to action um when they're when they're trying to pass certain bills we're putting up look this is the bill number this is what it says this is the date you know granted the legislature has a habit of changing the schedule on us last minute um but we're trying to give you fair you know warning of when they're doing it um you can call and email your legislators on some of these bills if you, if you can't get in i know it's hard with work but yeah, they've got a lot of calls to action on both of their websites as well. So does We Are we are the People. Um, I think all of these are .org. Um, join their Telegram channels if you want. There's I'm in there and we share a lot of stuff. But we're, we're trying to expose and share and tell you what we're finding. We're doing the research. Um, and then we're giving it to you, hopefully, so that you will take that and help us go fight. So we've got to start showing up to these meetings. I know it's not fun. <laughs> 
and it's mundane and it, it it's not what we want to be doing um, on an evening after work, especially during football season, but we have to start guarding the gate again. We, there's nobody guarding the gate. We have to get back there and, and fix things. Yeah, absolutely. We do. Where does, where does someone go to get educated on these? Right. I mean, look, I've spent the last 20 years <laughs> getting educated on stuff. Yeah. Coming into it now, I can't imagine. It's it, I, I feel sorry for folks coming into it right now because yeah. it just yeah. happens so quick. Where do you it's recommend awful. people go to get educated on stuff? Which part? There's a lot of moving parts. Let's just say about what's what's trying to be passed right now. Because there's one thing to read the bill, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. bill, I, I firmly believe bills are worded the way they are now to lose average readers, right? Yep. Yeah, they're, they are. worded in a very specific way to make sure that nobody in the general population mm-hmm. reads them because, let's face it, they're less interesting than like yeah. stereo instructions, <laughs> right? They really don't talk in plain English anymore, and it's really no. difficult all along. <laughs> um, yeah, and to be fair, I mean, the first bill I picked up, it took me three weeks of looking up definitions and looking up code in conjunction with it and rereading a paragraph over and over until it clicked. Um, I mean, it, it took a while to really understand a bill, but then as you start reading more and it starts referencing other bills, it's like, oh yeah, I've read that. I know. Okay. And it, it starts, it's like riding a bike, right? The more you do it, the more you just quickly start to catch on. So I would say just jump in and start somewhere. Even if you don't know what you're doing, that's what I did. Um, but you can go you can uh you can go to our state agency websites um it's been very difficult to keep up with that because they're adding new they're passing bills where they're creating new departments and new funds all the time and so you're seeing new websites go up and i mean just stuff go up one after the other and it's hard to even find all of them or know what all exists anymore um but it's just it's just going on on the search for it really that's what I did that's what these other groups how they started out and now we're just bringing all our research and collaboration together and we've been doing it for a while that it's just it's easier to when things pop up because we know how to connect the dots we can see that but I would recommend that you jump in and get to the point where you can do that as well because we need you all um you can look up our state strategic plans uh our strategic plans are five usually one to five year plans that kind of go in in conjunction with, for instance, Stalin's five-year plans. All communists have done it. Um, but you'll start to see if you, if you start, like, look look up a, a World Economic Forum, go to their website and download one of the white papers on, you know, affordable housing or whatever it is. And then go just Google, do a Google search for Utah Strategic Plan Affordable Housing and read the two and notice that it's the same language and the, the plans that they're implementing are step-by-step. If we're following along with what they're doing, it's not a good thing. Um, Then what, sometimes what I'll do is just Google, you know, Utah State Code Affordable Housing, and then I start to kind of go through some of the bills that go along with that, and it's like, look at step-by-step how they've been implementing this, and that's what I do. Um, I don't think there's any one system that works for everyone. I think we're all trying to figure it out together. We'd love to have you join the fight, and and figure it out with us. Um, but again, Utah Freedom Coalition and Defending Utah, we share a lot of research that we've done for you as well. And when you start to uh, 
open the documents and read the things that we're sending. I, I think that will kind of open your eyes to some of the stuff that um, other stuff that you might want to research yourself as well, if that makes sense. Um, I don't think there's a one a one place you can go to educate yourself on how this is all working, but um, I think as we start to come together and we share our information and our our knowledge with each other, we can start to wake each other up and and learn to continue to learn together. Awesome. I'll say it again because I think it's worth repeating. We are the gatekeepers to our kids' rights. Yeah. And we're supposed to be the watchman on the tower on this. Mm -hmm. And if, if we don't get our crap together in a big hurry, when we will have to look at our kids one day and explain what it was that was so important that we couldn't get involved with this. And we'll have to explain to our God at some point why it is we sacrificed our children's Liberty on the altars of convenience and entertainment. Yeah. I think I think I think the times of living easy are kind of over, right? Yeah. We have to get involved. We have to be active. We have to be peaceful. That's the other thing I would stress. Yeah. If if we go dark and we go violent, we're done. The republic's yeah. done. We yeah. cannot go that direction. We have to remain peaceful but stalwart. Right? Right. Uh, I've often looked at Jesus and Gandhi as the Mm -hmm. models for that. Um, They both won in the end and they both did it because (laughs) they were nonviolent, but, but they weren't weak either. And they, as you said, they threw evil out. And, and I think that's where we're at, but. Yeah. And I think uh, really quickly, revelation, you're good. You know, Revelations talks about these last days and some of the things that we're starting starting to see come to pass. And I, I believe Revelations has to happen. God said that it will happen. I believe that it will. And so I think we're in for a little bit of a rocky road. Things are probably going to get a little bit worse before they get better. But we do know that in the end, we win. But we can't win if we don't allow him to use us to fulfill his purposes. And faith without works is dead. And, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, if they're they're going to be able to implement all of this stuff. And Revelation says that this is going to happen. So why even bother fighting? Because I refuse to look my maker in the face one day and tell him that I didn't do what I came here to do. Um, We do win in the end and we have to fight to keep that light alive. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea, we've been at this two hours now. Yes. I'm sorry to listeners. No, no, that's awesome. You're a rock star. I appreciate it. Would you mind coming back on as you discover new stuff and just give me yeah. a call and I'll make time for you wh- whenever you got it? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of stuff to go over. Uh, for the real quick, just so you know, the affordable housing stuff in our state, Cox has teamed up directly with Rockefeller on that too. So there's a lot more <laughs> stuff we can get into. You know, <laughs> there's a lot more we can get into. So yeah, for sure, I'll come back and we'll we'll go into we'll go into some more stuff. Perfect. Well, Chelsea, I appreciate everything you do. I really mean that. I know that that it's not fun, right? It's not something you do because it's a party, right? Right. <laughs> um, but it it is very necessary. And I just where where wherever you're listening, it, if you're listening, it's for a reason. You didn't happen to just bump into a Mormon fundamentalist podcast, and if if you're hearing it, it it's for a reason, and that's because 
time's short. We got to defend our religion and we got to defend our, our system of governance with, with some real tenacity. The, the, the time has come. So Chelsea, you're awesome. Stick around for just a second so we can talk off, off for everyone else. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Mormon Renegade Podcast.